And I think that's the perfect example of losing sight of your actual goal because you're because the pushing, the pressure is coming from other people's goals and you end up sort of working towards what your what other people's goals and what your boss wants you to do or what the company has this, has the path that they have set you on. Hello and welcome to Not Your Forever Job, the show that helps you get clear on what it is that you want and how to get there. I'm Hayley Loren, an engineer turned presenter and career coach. And today on the show, I'm talking to Natalie Chung, who is an incredibly inspiring lady and a great buddy of mine. Natalie is an award-winning leader and a civil engineer turned volunteer coordinator and she's an incredible example of how you can pivot in your career. Now I know Natalie through the Women's Engineering Society where she's one of the council members and she actually won their Amy Johnson Award last year for promoting diversity in engineering and she's also the founder and host of the podcast Yellow Bee Pod to highlight Asian voices in the UK. I've just re-listened to our conversation that we recorded actually back in the first lockdown and I am just so blown away by Natalie's honesty about feeling uncertain in your career and the fear around career changes. It's just so relatable and wonderful for Natalie to share in this way and I absolutely loved this conversation and I think that you're going to learn so much from her. Let's dive into the episode. I love that we're chatting now because I remember in one of our WES meetings ages ago when we first met we were chatting about podcasts and how we were both like obsessed with them yeah (laughs) and I think I'm pretty sure you told me then that you were you you were thinking about starting one or you would love to start one but you just had so much on at the time so now that we're both sitting here after all the years of being part of WES and you've started your podcast Yellow Bee Pod which is hilarious and I've been really enjoying listening to that when I was thinking about starting this podcast straight away you popped up in my mind of somebody that I knew (laughs) that I wanted to speak to because like we've had at times some kind of poignant conversations I would say about like careers and stuff and I was like oh I really need to speak to Natalie because you had (laughs) it's not like a huge career shift because you're still in the engineering sector but obviously you were doing um, civil engineering to begin with for quite a few years actually weren't you and then you shifted over to STEM learning so how was that shift for you? Oh are are we already starting are we in it? Yeah we're in it. Okay um we're just gonna chat (laughs) yeah well okay let me let me cast my mind back to where I was sort of maybe a couple of years back I at that point I had had a very sort of straight route into my career so I had like gone straight from school to uni straight from uni into like a graduate level role just like everyone's supposed to supposedly I didn't take a gap year or anything and I was like you know I was very sort of set out on this path on this ladder and I could see all the steps in front of me that I was supposed to be taking including getting promoted getting chartered moving up in my career and becoming a you know technical director or project manager that's very common sort of within the UK engineering field there is certainty that sort of comes with that which is a good thing like the stability and sort of knowing where you're going but there's also I was also able to see like all the shoes ahead of me and all the jobs ahead of me that I didn't really want to do. Mm. And I think that was, I feel awful saying this, but quite influenced by the senior people that I was working with because, I mean, they didn't seem to be thrilled to be there. Obviously work has its ups and downs, but I think that did make a, a big difference to me. And I knew in my gut 
that it wasn't the right fit, certainly not for like the long term. I sort of did some gentle job applying while still working in that role and ended mm-hmm. up changing into where I currently work. I went from, you know, working in a ginormous American corporate to a UK-based non-profit uh, supporting a volunteer program, so quite different. But it's something that I was passionate about. And I always tell people that the reason I knew that it was right is because I was taking time off from my previous job to organise events that I now do as part of my day job. So in that sense, it really, you know, it really does make sense. <laughs> I, I love that. Say, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's almost like you had already tested out this new job in your spare time because you were already technically doing it. But had you had you realised, did you go out with the intention of thinking, okay, I want to organise events and do this sort of thing with the hope of moving into it? That wasn't my intention going into it at all. I mean, I started um, volunteering in like the field that I'm in now while I was still a university student and I didn't even know that it existed as a job or that it was something I wanted to pursue at that point. I was still on my sort of strict engineering career path. And it's mm. quite strange to look back because now, okay, maybe I would advise people to, you know, volunteer and use that as an opportunity to gain skills and network and experience. But that wasn't my uh, mindset going into it. So you just accidentally did the sensible thing without realising it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But that might be the only sensible thing I did. Um, Because I think if if someone was advising somebody to make a career change now, I think there would be a lot more steps and thinking into it than I did. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, we've had conversations before Pre, pre this podcast about career changes that we've both made and you know values and what we're mm. looking for in our careers but you know just now just before we jumped onto this recording I was speaking to my colleague about I have no idea what I want to be doing in five years like I don't have a five-year plan like everyone's supposed to let alone anything longer term than that <laughs> <laughs> and you know what maybe that's really normal and okay as well it's so normal I think because You know, in interviews, there's that dreaded question of where do you want to be in five years time? (laughs) And we're just, it's kind of drilled into us that we're always meant to know what we're doing. But the truth is that, yeah, we don't, especially now because the world moves so quickly. I think it's more about being able to adapt and open our minds a bit and learn how to recognize what feels right and what doesn't feel right. So that means being more in tune with us. And kind of ignoring that feeling of, oh, I should be doing this. For me, part of my fear of leaving engineering was losing my identity or the fear of not being an engineer anymore after actually, I guess, studying for so long. Did you have any fears like that? Yeah, definitely. Mine actually hasn't come until more recently. It hasn't come till pretty much this year when I realised that By the end of this year, I will have been working in my career as someone who is not an engineer, just as long as I've been working in my career as someone who is. And when I had just left my role where my job title clearly said engineer, I still felt like very closely linked to that. And even though I'm still within the industry, you know, that bubble, I don't know like how much longer I can keep calling myself an engineer. And I also really question why we tie our identity so closely to our jobs and careers, because... We can really sort of define that for ourselves, which can even help us to get new opportunities. So Mm. that's something to consider as well. So what 
what do we actually want to be known for? What do, what do we want our dream job title to be? I'm still That's working so on it. <laughs> I remember going to a party once and I turned up just when I had left my job. And because I had been so used to being able to say, I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer and people you know when you're a female engineer people are a bit shocked and they're like oh wow I thought you would be marketing or something um, oh gosh <laughs> yeah I've <laughs> I know, had plenty of those conversations <laughs> <laughs> but then on this one particular time somebody asked me and I was like ah oh, ah oh, shit I don't know what to say because uh it's quite a long-winded story so it's kind of almost a safety net to be able to have this little snippet that you can say that this is what I do but when you go into the world of I don't know when you kind of accept that you don't know and you try and find something that you want you kind of lose that security blanket to rely on did you ever have instances like that yeah actually when I think about it the way that I describe my current job is often very confusing because the job title the official HR job title I have now is not really one that exists in other companies or you know definitely not within other fields and industries and the way that I explain it like the medium length version I say you know I'm in education but I'm not a teacher I manage a volunteer program but it's not a charity and I sort of manage projects and events but that's also not my job title and sometimes it can be a little confusing but it depends on who I'm talking to as well and how, how interested they are, how receptive they are and what they know already. When I speak to my mum, for example, I'm just like, I work in an office. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all she needs to Your know. Your mum? I don't think she knows what my previous job was really either. She was just like, oh yeah, engineer. Sounds good. <laughs> so when when you were, because I want to get back to how you were feeling before you did your change. Can you remember actually how you felt? Did you feel unhappy in your job? Or did you feel like trapped or anything like that? Or, or did you feel fine and then you just managed to shift? I think if you had asked me at the time, I would have said I felt fine. But if, we're gonna, if I'm going to be completely honest with myself, and let's be open and honest here, I sort yeah. of knew even going into the job that it wasn't exactly the right thing. But I didn't know what the right fit was yet. Um, so mm. even before the my first day and my like first step of my first job in my career I already had it in my head that it wasn't right or I was almost worried about it and maybe that's just normal nerves before the first day at a new job and maybe it's not a good mindset to have you know you shouldn't be starting a new job with negative thoughts already but if I'm going to be completely honest with myself there was already some sort of doubt or gut feeling um, mm. in me already despite that I still like pushed and did everything I needed to do plus you know trying to stay proactive and take initiative and actively seek out work and networking opportunities within the organization like I was still a keen bean like I am now in other parts of my life but um yeah I think I knew from the very beginning that it wasn't 100% right but what really drove me to finally realize that I actually needed to do something about it was because I took a very early career uh year-long sabbatical so I was effectively still technically employed but not getting paid and not working for a year and I spent some time volunteering overseas and I recognized then how much more energized I felt by the work that I was doing by the value that I knew I added to those volunteer teams and that was down to I mean it was we were doing completely different work it wasn't anything engineering related but I also knew that I was like a, a bigger piece of a smaller team rather than a, a small piece of a massive organisation. And I think that was a really uh, key 
thing for me to recognise, especially at the start of my career. I think I think it's easy to feel like a very small cog in a huge machine, and a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So yeah, that's what made me realise. Um, so following that sabbatical and volunteering overseas, I returned back to my office day job. And I just felt like, you know what, I know that there's more, that I know that there's more for me to, you know, what gets me out of bed in the morning and the value that I can add to a project. And I started seeking that sort of pretty soon after I started working uh, at my first workplace again. That's really interesting. So you essentially had like a comparison. If you hadn't have done that sabbatical, then you might still have been that or might have taken you longer. And as you were saying this, I just, I had a moment that just clicked for me actually. Because although I didn't do a year-long sabbatical, because I always say that acting was a really big part for me in forming my ideas about my career change. But when you were talking about the energy and feeling how you came alive a little bit more, that's so true. It was, whilst I was acting, I felt like an almost a completely different person to who I was in the office. And I never knew that you could actually feel like that. So it was coming alive and, and feeling like that and then realizing, oh, I want to feel like that all the time or as much as possible. So what for you then, I mean, did you decide when you were on your sabbatical that you then wanted to shift or did it take you a little bit longer? I think it was always in the back of my head and I never sort of completely said I will 100% leave because mm. it was more like I will put some feelers out there and see uh, what I'm eligible for, what pops up. Um, and I guess that was also me sort of not really believing that I was able to make a big career pivot and a big career change in in my first workplace there was a man who retired as a director he had been at the same company right from he had left when he left his education so he was there for 44 years of his career literally from finishing university to graduation and I just feel like that was possibly rare for someone of his time but now it would be almost absurd to hear that even if I met a friend who had been at the same company for more than five years or 10 years I would think wow that is you know very very unusual um, and maybe that's just us sort of speaking mainly based around London where there are lots of different organizations and it might not be the same in other parts of the country or the world but from my perspective it's more much more common for people to make more career ch uh, changes not just with company but also with their industry and their role yeah from, from your perspective would you what what have you seen in terms of your peer group and your network I would say that most people switch but most people have a deep-rooted fear associated with making any, any major changes the thing that always comes up is yeah is the fear of the unknown and feeling stuck and depending on how strong that fear is it can kind of just hold you down in the same place because you feel comfortable so really it comes down to people's ability to be out of their comfort zone a bit before you did your move did you know quite a few people who had already changed their jobs and changed their careers or was it completely new no I didn't actually and I think when when I was having sort of second thoughts while working at that job I had a really hard time sort of expressing that to my social group pretty much everyone that I knew was on some sort of grad scheme they were on some sort of um program to get professionally qualified or chartered in whatever field that they were in and I was the one the one person who had sort of made that jump and they all thought that I was like mad or ridiculous um, but also they were envious is the vibe that I got um 
And I think that's because they saw they saw how interested I was in my new job. But maybe I also came into this new job with a new mindset. Like I certainly didn't walk in on the first day with a gut feeling of, oh, this isn't going to be any good. But I mm-hmm. came in with a very different feeling of, I- I'm going to make this good. I'm going to make stuff happen um, regardless of you know the opportunities. And that's a very, very different mindset. So that could have affected it as well. Yeah, I think it is important to sort of see people around you who are making those changes. Um, but with the power of, you know, LinkedIn, people can find others online who have made career switches or even, you know, a very similar career switch between different industries. And it's not impossible to, you know, reach out to them, have a chat to them, and they might be keen to share resources or, you know, just stalk their LinkedIn and see what they do in their new job. <laughs> it's funny that you, you talk about connecting on LinkedIn and things, because right now in the coaching program that I'm running, everyone's got a task of going off and finding people on LinkedIn and connecting people. Oh, I like that homework. Yeah, so they're all having these conversations over Zoom with people who they've never met before and having to connect with people. And um, some of it, it can be quite scary, I think, when you're trying to talk to somebody that you've never even met before, um, depending on the sort of personality. But you're so right. It's so true. And I found through YouTube as well, even that, that doing YouTube videos and being able to interview people on there, you can just meet so many people. And it's a great way as well, which you found through your podcast, I'm sure, that just to, I don't know, you form more of a bond, don't you, when you can have some sort of a longer conversation as well, rather than just using Google it's the conversations that really matter. I think that's sort of great advice for anyone. And I really like that idea in your coaching program because you are accountable to the others in the program and you yourself to sort of report back and say, okay, I spoke to so-and-so. And that that's sometimes all you need. And I do think that's a good thing because the worst that someone can say is no, you know, or, the, or leave you on red. That's another thing that comes into the fear that you mentioned before. It's like the fear of putting ourselves out there and whether that's for jobs or just, you know, walking up to someone at a networking event. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. That sort of fear of putting ourselves out there. But what are we like scared of? I don't know. Is it more scary to stay in something that you don't like or is it more scary to take a risk and possibly not have it go the way that you want? Oh, exactly. It's like the fear of, of, of regret, but we don't think like that because when you're young, you never think about being on your deathbed or anything like that. You think that we're just invincible and we're going to be around forever yeah. and that. So actually right now it is better to just feel comfortable. I mean, I stayed in the same job for, well, not the same job. I'd moved around quite a lot, but I, I stayed with the same company for eight years because it was like a safety blanket. And the idea of leaving something that is so comfortable is terrifying. If you're somebody like I was who had very little confidence And I think that's probably a big thing that can hold you back. And why I love the fact that, well, we'll get onto your TEDx talk and how you manage fear and things like that, but you you put yourself out there. And I think it's such an important thing in terms of building confidence. And then as soon as you start doing things and putting yourself out there, you can then understand what you're more capable of. And then doing a career change feels like less of a big deal. So did you find that doing things like where's and your talks and things like that helped you with your confidence? to do your move yeah definitely and I think that's something that I really advocate for in terms of encouraging people to volunteer because when you volunteer there is slightly less pressure because you might not be reporting back to people the same way obviously you shouldn't just treat it as just you know a DOS it's still a responsibility but there is um, less pressure because it's more flexible and you can take on what you are willing to do and sort of slowly build up your confidence with supportive people around you with making a change I also want to note that I am lucky to have like a position of a certain level of privilege that there were other jobs going 
in my area there were sort of an opportunity for to make a career change and also I didn't have to worry so much about sort of that financial instability that comes with taking a risk and I think that's something which is top of people's mind especially those who make a career change later in their career than I did because I recognise that people work very hard in their jobs, they climb the career ladder, they move different roles, they gain a lot of experience and often that comes with, you know, a higher pay packet, a higher salary. One of the big things about making a change and one of the big sort of barriers that I've seen holding a lot of people back in my conversations is that they don't want to reduce the amount that they get paid, which may be the case if you change industry, if you change role, or if you do something which is more of a passion. But I mean, it's not always the case, but it can be the case. And I think that's really something that holds people back, which is something that I'm scared of, actually, like they're scared to move. And I'm scared to end up in a position where I don't feel like where I do feel stuck because of um, like my financial situation. But sometimes these things are taken on almost by choice. And I would love to hear your perspective on this. I'm just going to throw this out there. And I feel like you're more, more grown up than me. So I'd love to hear your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> because... Don't know about that. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people take on, for example, a financial responsibility like a mortgage for the very sort of extent of their earning potential, their current earnings. But that means that they are much more fixed and rigid in sort of what they need to earn in order to carry on paying, you know, their mortgage payments or whatever. And that's something that terrifies me as someone who is not thinking of buying a house at any point soon. Um, because that is such a long, it's long term commitment and you are sort of committing to say, I'm going to continue these payments when you don't know what's going to happen in your career or what you might want to change to do. And I've seen that that be a real barrier for some people. Um, the first thing that they say when I suggest, why don't you consider, you know, changing money yeah. into that? Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy that you brought this up. Because <laughs> you're so right. It's such a huge, huge because you get used to a lifestyle don't you as well there's so much fear attached to that and letting go of that and this this has been a huge thing for me obviously quitting my job so I actually saved up for three years before I did my career move and I made sure that I had a year's worth over a year's worth of salary in fact before I left and I made sure that I had work that I could go to as well so I had clients so my first year I didn't actually make any loss I just made profit and then I have this this, I guess, nest egg that I saved up for so long to kind of make me feel comfortable. But then coronavirus ruined everything. (laughs) Well, that's incredible. And a real credit to your preparation. Obviously, no one was prepared for 2020's pandemic. But (laughs) it was really incredible that sort of within your first year, you had some sense of stability and a lower risk because of your preparations. And I guess that Mm. is good advice for other people. Like, it's good to be prepared and that is how you lower your risk but at the same time there will always be a risk and you can't wait until you are 100% ready because you'll mm. never feel 100% ready. It's easier said than done and I'm saying it now almost as a reminder to myself as well <laughs> because it is hard. I mean there's always a risk and you don't know what's going to happen especially if you have you know dependence on other people's expectations on you. It's difficult but it's worth it in the end and the people that I speak to they might be you know 10 or even 20 years into their career they're not happy they're thinking of making a change but they don't want to make it because they've got accustomed to a certain level of income and the lifestyle that comes with that as you said the quality of life and I think there's a few things with that it's sort of like don't spend or even don't like expect to save that minimum amount all the time because in the future you might sort of change to a different role that has less pay for a whole range of different reasons and I also think that 
say if you are 10, 20 years into your career, yes, you are have you've come a huge way, but you still have a huge way to go. Say if we have a 44 year career, like my previous director, <laughs> he like yeah, 20 years, you ha- you've done so much, but you're still halfway. Yeah. <laughs> like if you know what you are in now is not right and is not good for you know whatever your measurables of success or what you value in your job if you know that it's not good then you're better off changing to something else even if that something else ends up being not right either because then at least you know at least you've tried um because if you stay where you are it's comfortable we can get complacent 100% in our comfort zones but you know you know already that it's not right and that's what you do know but what you don't know is everything else that's out there if this is making sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that makes complete sense the benefit that you get as well from doing what you want to do is beyond any form of financial gain I know we don't commute as much anymore so it's brought coronavirus has actually brought a lot more flexibility but you're still kind of tied to that laptop and if you have to have that little signed on green light and always being available and ready to answer emails and things like that For eight hours a day, you're essentially chained to this screen. And if you're going to do that for 40 years or more, then why not make it something that you enjoy or that you feel has more purpose or that you're actually contributing? Because a a key thing that always comes up is, especially for people who are in engineering or science or tech, is that the reason why they went into it is because they wanted to make a change and they wanted to make an impact or help people in some way. And then you end up getting stuck at your desk for a year just doing PNIDs um, or staring at the screen. <laughs> PNIDs are process and instrument- instrumentation <laughs> diagrams. And I think that's the perfect example of losing sight of your actual goal because you're, because the pressure, the pressure is coming from other people's goals and you end up sort of working towards what your what other people's goals are, what your boss wants you to do, or what the company has this, has the path that they have set you on. And I have a lot of friends, as I mentioned, who are working towards different professional qualifications or charterships, and they never really opted in to do that. It was just sort of like, oh, the company's paying for it, and I guess it's a good thing, so I'll do it. But then they end up doing huge amounts of work, both during and outside of work, working towards this qualification where they never actually really considered, do I want to do this, or is it just because my company said that I can? And I think like stepping off that path and actually remembering what our, what our own goals are, it, it's hard because obviously you, you want to keep your job, but um, it's important because otherwise you just yeah end up living your whole life for someone else's targets. You're not living your own life, you're living what somebody else wants you to do. And then that ties into the feeling of should, I should be doing this. But I mean, we can talk about this and it sounds really simple when we say it out loud, but the truth is that there's a lot of complexity added to it because there's loyalty, because if you've been at a company and they've funded you through a master's degree or something like that, then you might feel loyal to stay there. You might know everybody in, in the office, so it's comfortable and you've got friends. A big thing is always not wanting to let people down. So not wanting to let parents down or family down or people who you do respect at work down. And, and believing that if if you decide to do something different, then maybe that one person you look up to will be ashamed of you or be disappointed in you or, or something like that. It's such a difficult thing. Our minds kind of create this convoluted mess 
and it ends up just this like confusing mush <laughs> i think <laughs> but sometimes it's not until you fully step away from the situation or you know take off take a longer period away from work that you are really able to make sense of all of these thoughts because you know if you're always rushing around if you always had the pressure of work over you of course you're not really going to be exploring everything out there as much as you would be if you didn't have that pressure but it's, it's tough I know I know it's not easy and I also know that I'm not an expert in this you know I made a very early career change I've got one coming up which is also scary to me that's totally normal and Actually, I was speaking about my career change on another platform recently and someone messaged me on Instagram, they DM'd me, which I love, I didn't know them. And they said, you know, how did, how did you know that it was the right decision? Did you like plan it out and stuff? And I was like, no, I don't know. I still don't know if it was the right decision. Do you ever know? Do you ever know 100% that it was right? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that is the case because I wasn't as prepared as maybe you were in terms of getting my finances in, in check and really thinking like preparing, you know, future work and clients. But I had thought a little bit about, you know, what what could I gain out of this job? Or what will I be doing day to day? And does that energise me? But I hadn't planned out, you know, the longer term. Again, I don't have that five year plan and that sort of dream end role or dream role within 15 years. And I wish I did, because that might make my directions um, more clear and have an easier path to follow but yeah I just don't um so yeah that was literally my message to her I don't know whether I disappointed the person who messaged me because they might have been looking for the secret source the answer to all of their questions about career change you, you've made a number of different like changes within your career as well so when you changed did you how did how did, how did you know that it was a decision to be made and did you ever feel like it was the right decision the main thing for me was firstly, well, I had a breakdown at work. So I was so, I got to the point of being so unhappy that my body was literally shouting at me, being like, stop this now and listen to what you actually want to do. Um, so I think that was a huge wake up call for me. And then because of that, I had to take some time out of work and it kind of just jolted me into this feeling of, oh, okay, maybe something's not right. Maybe I should actually listen to myself for once. And then the moves was, it, it's very much step by step. It's, I always I always use um, an analogy of being like an adventurer. Well, I'm really into sci-fi. So I always think about people in, <laughs> in like spaceships and stuff trying to like explore, explore space and the universe. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much figuring out what you don't want to do. When you know what you don't want to do, then you can find some sort of way to filter through it and then understand what it is that you want and how you define success. Because I think for me, my version of success was not disappointing my parents, earning enough money and looking good on paper. And then everything shifted after, you know, I fell apart and it turned into, okay, what do I believe in? What do I enjoy doing? What lights me up? Like what you said about feeling energized and what do I want to look back on when I'm dying? And yeah. then, you know, I Pro probably not work at all <laughs> to be honest <laughs> like it could be a whole range of different things that you've achieved or people that you've reached but I don't know whether you know your career is the, the thing that you will ever be looking back on with fond memories I think well I think it it depends on what you do really mm -hmm. and what you find and, and what you contribute to and the experiences that you're able to have obviously with any career you're going to end up with 
a significant amount doing things that you don't enjoy and you don't want to do and maybe it's a good thing do you think it's a good thing do you think there should be a split between hobbies and your career and things that you love and work it would be very hypocritical for me to say that there should be a separation because I don't keep that separated myself but what I think which might be throwing a little a bit of a different perspective into our conversation is that Okay, we're talking here about, you know, that we should, we want to find the work that energises you. We want to find um, a role where we can be our full selves and really thrive. But then I also, on the other hand, think that there is a huge amount of pressure of people, particularly of like the millennials and Gen Z generations, to find their passion, to find their mm-hmm. one true passion. And you know what? The, I'm not 100% sure whether this exists. And I think it's a huge amount of pressure on ourselves to find something which is 100% perfect and both of us have said now that with our career changes we didn't know that it was 100% right at any point even afterwards after this this pivot and so I don't know whether we'll ever get to the point where we feel like I am 100% sure this is fulfilling me this is my passion and besides that will that that could change and then you still have to make a career change like later on and Mm -hmm. I think perhaps a different mindset to work that I've definitely seen with my community is other people who have the mindset of I mean work is work it's not supposed to be your passion you go and graft so you can put food on the table and it's yeah it's not supposed to be something that you enjoy and I think that is a mindset that I don't agree with but it has it has its own merits as well because you know what constantly seeking your one true passion can also lead to a lot of dissatisfaction and Mm feeling unfulfilled because you're trying to you know find the quote perfect thing which might not even exist a hundred percent and this is something that I've spoken about in the coaching as well that it's more of a merge between what you're interested in and your passions the experience that you already have and what you're knowledgeable on so there's a lot I think that comes into it but it can be really difficult so how how are you feeling now then about your potential pivot you said that you're fearing it a little bit I'm feeling wobbly to be honest I don't know like it's quite difficult for me to identify even what I am eligible for firstly not that that should be the first step but it is something that I'm keeping in mind and I think a lot of us fall into the trap of when we go to apply for jobs we search for the job title that we already have rather than the one that we want which is not the right way to do that and that's definitely the first barrier that I had to jump over because my job title doesn't really exist in other organisations but really thinking about the transferable skills that I have or the things that I 100% do in my job is just not on my HR job title Um, and that includes things like being a project manager, organising events, bit of social media marketing and communications like liaising with different businesses that's a whole wide range of different roles with that use very similar skills and the days are very similar across pretty much every industry I mean it's exciting because it's such an open area where I could be exploring and I think for me it's really the next step would be to really be thinking about what's important to me for my next job to have in terms of where I'll be based who I'll be working with what I'll be doing day to day and mm-hmm. Um, longer term as well I need to actually think about the longer term and then actually applying for jobs in an exploratory way to learn rather than say this is definitely a job that I want therefore I'm going to apply for it but yeah just again putting some feelers out there because that's how I made my first career change but I'll have to let you know how I get on because I'm not feeling very confident about it at the moment 
well i guess it's is it the uncertainty around it and not being clear would you feel more comfortable if you knew that you wanted to go for this one specific area yeah definitely because i would be able to make steps to sort of uh, gain knowledge through courses through networking and then also actually applying for jobs in an area that i knew would be what i'm looking for but because that isn't the case that it's sort of the thing like i said before of if you're going to move you don't know where you exactly where you're going to land you don't know if it's going to be 100% perfect but you still it's still worth sort of taking that risk and taking that jump because mm-hmm. otherwise you just end up staying still which really is like going backwards because everyone else keeps moving forwards right does that make sense that a thing <laughs> oh 100 yeah no completely kind of feeling like well it's as long as you're moving somewhere you're you're learning something yeah, and definitely. the way that i break it down in my head usually is to think of everything like a little test or an experiment. So although you might move to a job and it's not your ideal thing, if you go into it thinking, okay, from this, I want to learn if I like doing this sort of thing, this sort of thing, or this sort of thing, or if I prefer this sort of area. And you can use that knowledge then to shift slightly further more into what you want. It's it's almost like you only can see a few steps ahead of you and either you take those few steps or you don't go anywhere, as you said, and you just wait for somebody to come with to you with this shining torch so that you know exactly where you're going. But if that was the case, it would take all of the fun and enjoyment out of life because that means you would already know what will happen. It would be like reading the last page of a book. So it's kind of seeing the having a, an adventurer's perspective to it as well, because right now you're you're exploring all of these potential possibilities. And I guess it can be quite overwhelming when there's so much of it. But when you're an adventurer and an explorer, you're truly living. You're trying to have new experiences, no matter what, no matter what job you move to, you're gonna learn something new. It's gonna add to your bank of knowledge and that is valuable. Um, no matter what it is really that I think you can take lessons from anything and it means that you stay open as well for those people who do have a very fixed career path I know what I want to be doing in 5, 10, 20 years they're Mm. not going to be as open to new potential opportunities of which we know that there will be many especially because industries are changing so quickly there's a million unexpected things going on this year is a perfect example and we won't be ready for different opportunities if we're sort of too stuck on what we believe is going to happen. Um, and I can, I've definitely felt that way this year that I've been, I'm proud to say that I've been receptive to different opportunities in a way that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been a couple of years back. I, I, well, I know 100% that that will lead me to opportunities that I wouldn't have even thought to go out looking for. I think it's, it's, it's incredible that shift in perspective and that mindset and being I think being open means that it can be more free and easy as well because if you have that rigid mindset like like you said it just means that when you realize it's it's not what you necessarily want to do it's more heartbreaking and difficult to overcome that whereas if you have that open mentality then the idea that the next move that you make might not be the right move is less of a big deal in a way it's kind of taking the seriousness away from it which is difficult when jobs are so serious but (laughs) 
I think having a, a sense of humor and an open mind about it as well is, is so important. So how are you managing dealing with that fear of the unknown at the moment then? Is there anything that you do? I think a big thing for me is to sort of remain grateful for the situation that I'm in now and knowing that I was the one who made those steps to get myself here. And I think for me to build my resilience, a massive part of that is to recognise where I've had low points before, which we've all had. We've all had low points and times of uncertainty and struggle. And knowing that with time and with my own you know, actions, I was able to sort of grow from that and come out of it. And that's something which I am trying to get ingrained into my head now while I'm still, you know, in a good position so that this might be quite pessimistic <laughs> moving forwards. But I know, I know that there will be low times in the future and I don't want to, I don't know where the line is between being pessimistic and realistic, but I know that that's going to happen and I want to go into it with the resilience and the confidence that I can get myself out of that situation or also sometimes it just takes time. Um, and I think that gives me a lot of, sort of confidence which really squashes that fear again it's not perfect it's still there niggling in the back of my head but um I hope that I can use experiences that I've had in the past for um incidents or situations in the future I love that so essentially you have a bank of evidence of where you've overcome challenges and you can use that as proof to yourself that you are capable and you can move through three things and you're so right that we always think that we're meant to be happy all the time but it's just not true because challenges are there in life for a, a, I don't want to say for a reason but it is just a fact it's part of life you can't avoid being unhappy and when you're open to that that's when amazing things can really happen and I can imagine like leading up to your TEDx talk I mean that's a huge thing I mean, were you skipping around with joy and excited and felt completely 100% confident before you went up on stage? I think my nerves came in a quite an unexpected way. For me, it was like the, the weeks leading up to it, or even the months when I was supposed to be preparing what I was going to say. I didn't because I was so nervous. I was too nervous to even think about it. I didn't even want to think about it, which meant that I you know, procrastinated what I was supposed to be doing, which was preparing my talk. Um, I don't know whether you have experiences like that, but it was quite interesting for me because actually on the day or actually the day before where I you know, was in the audience, I was in the venue and realised you know, how, how big the crowd was, I didn't feel nervous then, strangely, and I didn't feel nervous on the day or just before I was going to step onto stage, even though I was following on from a really fantastic, high-energy, engaging, interactive keynote speaker. Um, but strangely, I felt very zen on the actual day but it was very very uh, nerve-wracking in the weeks before which uh, led to me not actually preparing for the talk until closer to the time when I really had to and yeah that was down to fear nerves worry yeah. but once I actually started preparing for the talk that made me feel better because you know once you prepare you know what you're gonna say and um, that really helped me with um, not feeling nervous maybe that was it or maybe I was just so overcome with fear on the day that I felt zen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the mind works like that. But that oh, I, I, I love that because it basically pre it shows, doesn't it? And I think we've all got examples of this where just because something feels uncomfortable or scary, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. In fact, most of the time now, the, the scary things and the things that make you feel nervous are actually the things that are going to help you grow and 
and rise up to be someone else and to go on a more exciting path. It's, it's a good thing. So feeling uncomfortable is good. It's just that we're told or made to believe that we're constantly meant to feel happy all the time. <laughs> um, I want to wrap things up. I could just carry on chatting to you about this forever. Um, but I want to finish on one question of what what does fulfillment mean to you in, in terms of your career? This was a tough one for me to think about, actually, because recently I had a very long conversation with a friend about would you rather be happy or would you rather feel fulfilled? And I actually left that conversation more confused about what the difference was than when I went into the conversation. Um, so I would love to hear your, your perspective of what the difference is as well, as we did touch on happiness a little bit. I, for me, I feel like being fulfilled is being sort of comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. And that doesn't have to mean that it always feels good. I don't always have to be happy, but I know in my heart of hearts and, you know, my gut feeling, I know that it's something that's worth doing and that's when I'll feel satisfied and fulfilled with my work. It's easier said than done, of course, and I don't know exactly what that looks like in the real, real life or in the job description, but that's what I would be sort of seeking sort of throughout all stages of my career. I don't think it's something to, uh, you know, it's not like you climb a mountain and you get to the peak, but it's something that you have to continually work towards because what you want will change as well. And I think that's why I'm, I've been reflecting on what does it actually mean to, you know, find your passion. I don't think that is the one thing. I think that will be multiple throughout our careers and our lifetimes. Um, so I think fulfillment for me is, yeah, feeling confident, comfortable satisfied but also knowing that it will change oh i love this conversation i could i honestly yeah could me going. too well that's perfect you're the perfect host for this podcast then because you, you also love talking about it i feel like i want to get you on for like another another one down the line once you've done your next career change yeah then we can do a comparison of what's happened <laughs> yeah. to this one and the, <laughs> to the other yeah one. hopefully i'll have a, a lot to um say that's different because i'll be would have had lots of different experiences I guess and that's something I want to be prepared for and resilient for um mm. but yeah thank you I've enjoyed this conversation so much and I really hope that it's at least thought-provoking to some of those listening because we we're all gonna be there we've all been there or we will be there you know at that time of uncertainty and change it's one of the inevitable things about life but it's something that we shouldn't fear fear is the word that's coming up a lot we shouldn't fear change <laughs> we shouldn't fear yet we do and <laughs> i absolutely love this conversation so much and i really hope that it helped if you are feeling uncertain in your career right now i've got a free career clarity starter guide for you which helps you to get clear so that you can then go on and create a career with purpose so you can really feel like you fit in and like what you do day to day has meaning to grab the guide just head to my website www.hayleyloren.com forward slash coaching thank you so much for joining me this week I would love to hear from you if you're listening to the podcast or if you've got any questions then feel free to message me over on Instagram I'm at the Hayley Loren or also on Twitter as well I'm at the Hayley Loren it would be so wonderful to hear from you um, I will speak to you next week Bye.